You are listening to episode 78 of the Playing Full Out podcast with Rita Hyland. We are at a time when stress and burnout have become global epidemics and when chaos and noise are the norm. It's easy to understand why we can't sit still, why we are impatient with our colleagues and with those we love. We're disconnected from ourselves and we are therefore not building our greatest work. So what can you do if you have a propensity to be fast-paced or you can't sit still or unplug? The answer lies in our ability to have a calm inner state no matter what is going on around us. Today, I've got something for you, and it has to do with cultivating and maintaining a calm inner state in a fast-paced world, even if you feel like you can't slow down or it's been a while since you've had your mind turn off. It's the most important thing you can do to live a happy, meaningful life and build your positive work and leadership as you do. Let's begin. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Years ago, I would wake up and my goal was to simply get as much accomplished as I possibly could. I'd wake up by 5.15, I'd go to bed around midnight, and during that time in between, I was on the move. I had several jobs and accomplishment and productivity were my name of the game. I had no value for a calm interstate, being hopped up on caffeine And adrenaline was something I was conditioned to think was good. Stillness to me was considered laziness and patience was for those who had nothing to do. If you fast forward and after running myself way too many times into the ground physically, more times than I would care to count or admit. And then also after working with a mentor, I could see that many of my decisions and actions were making things harder and were much less efficient than I thought they were, that they were much less productive than I thought that they were, and that I was still operating at a fragment of what was possible because I was operating from this fast-paced or frenetic or disturbed, I would say, state. What I came to learn was that the power of a calm inner state is Supreme. In fact, since then, I have come to realize that nothing really is quite as important as cultivating and maintaining an inner calm state as you go about your day, every day, especially if you're leading and if you're affecting other people. And for the last 23 years, I have been engaged in a practice that I will share with you in a moment that has changed who I am, literally, probably, and scientifically, and Therefore, everything that I do and have become and therefore my life. The practice takes less than five minutes, but don't mistake that simplicity for being insignificant. It's like a power pill 
and I'll explain why and give you the science behind it so that you can embrace and do it too. In fact, I have a new handy tool that I've come across once again that will be able to help you do it at a higher level and be able to see your own effects. The problem that I see is that we never really fully embrace that our thoughts are the things that are creating. We know it on a certain level, but we don't embrace it and we don't really use it. So what happens, for example, is that we have thoughts and we have disturbing thoughts and we believe that those thoughts are a reflection of what's happening to us or what we are seeing on the outside when really they are the cause of of the effect being external. And we see it all the time. We call these thoughts facts. They're oftentimes very disturbing ones. We've come up with them and we forget that we actually have choice in the game and we don't do it because we're running so unconsciously and we're running from less than a calm state from a place of power and peace. And therefore we are, we're, we're, you know, reacting to what is happening from the outside and we let that affect us. What leaders today understand is probably one of the most important things that we undervalue, but is so, so critical and being able to expand into our highest levels and reach our fullest potential is the ability to have more stillness in our life. More stillness. It can be called so many different things, but what that means to me is that there is scheduled, recognized time that is put aside on a daily basis for one to quiet the mind. You can call it honest time. You can call it executive think time. You can call it forced time. Whatever that is where you take and sit down with your favorite beverage and you are perhaps writing down or thinking of your biggest challenge, maybe a struggle, and you listen and allow yourself before the day begins to tap into your many years of wisdom and experience, your subconscious brain's answers that you can't hear when you are in the midst of hustle and a list of to-dos. Unfortunately, most people, when they wake instead, get up and the first thing you think is, oh my gosh, what do I need to be? What are the things I need to do? And we begin from that state, which is immediately taking us out of our calm mind. And we begin to get into the riptide of life and it controls us. And while many are very strong at the game and many have a very, you know, people have a high level of achievement and I did as well, it only allows you to go so high. It only allows you to expand so much. And unfortunately, because many think that it's been their success model for so long, they continue to use that willpower and force as their distinguishing factor or their, you know, unique game changer. But again, there's a time when it has a shelf life and its time is up. And those growth minded leaders who are making change and expanding to become better on a day-to-day basis have incorporated into their world that time for stillness on a day-to-day basis. It is an opportunity to get in touch with how we're feeling. And when we do that, if we're aware of how we're feeling, that helps us process emotion and therefore to make better decisions. If we remain in disturbed thoughts and we don't process disturbing feelings, what happens is we make 
disturbing decisions, which build on and create disturbing actions and results. So not allowing our thoughts to disturb us or to pull us into what I would call the tornado is a, is a game changer. And it's something that we are responsible for. The science happily tells us why. And I'm going to point to that in just a minute with a process that I'm going to keep this really simple because I want to give you something, a tool today that you can actually use. And I have been doing it, like I said, for 23 years. It takes less than five minutes. So there's no excuse why. When I talk about incorporating more stillness, what happens there is I I encourage that to be anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. The leaders that I'm working with are scheduling it in. They're understanding that less is more and they're doing less so that they can identify and use their skill of what is the maximum level that they have, not something that everybody is able to access. We all have unique gifts, but if we don't sit still enough to hear, we miss out on them as well as the meaning of our life. So let me jump in right now to the three things that create inner calmness for me every morning. And the first of these is to recognize, and I've been doing this, like I said, usually I've been jotting it down. It needs to be written down on a piece of paper, the three to five things that you're grateful for. I want to get specific on why scientists love gratitude so much. It's because what they found is that when a person's experiencing gratitude, that they are affecting this hypothalamus in real time. The hypothalamus is this little itty bitty thing in our brain, and it affects how we sleep, how we eat, and and stress levels. And so if you can imagine in real time being able to positively influence your hypothalamus, then you can see why people be so excited simply by being in the experience of gratitude. So gratitude also stimulates dopamine, which creates new learning pathways. It's that thing that that allows us to see new experiences and to create new patterns of behavior. Gratitude is therefore probably the greatest and closest thing to taking a pill for inner calmness, for quieting the brain and calming your inner state. And it's so underestimated. I mean, everybody says, I'd like a pill for this. I'd like a pill to lose weight. I'd like a pill to be more productive. I'd like a pill. When you're given a pill, wouldn't you take it? This is the closest thing. Gratitude. It's consistemic and consistent gratitude every single day. As soon as you wake up, that those are your first thoughts, that you are then changing your brain's chemistry. The second part of this three-step process that I do that takes under five minutes is that I look at what would make my day great. So the first question is, what am I grateful for? Second is what would make my day great? And what this is, is this is all about having more focus, more intentionality, visualizing with feeling what the day looks like when I'm closing it down at whatever time that is, whether that's my five o'clock workday or my you know nine o'clock day as it is before I go to sleep. So it's like, what would make today great? By doing this, our brains have this little part, another little part in the back of our brain. It's called the RAS or reticular activation system. And it's basically like the color of the lenses that you're going to put on in, as far as glasses in a day. It governs your perception of ideas and it points you to look for certain things that it's been told to look for. So as they always explain it, if you said, I want to get a brown Volvo, all of a sudden you see brown Volvos all over. If you want to get a, even if it's rare cars, if you say, I want, I'm looking for this, and you've talked to your reticular activation system, it's all of a sudden closing the gap between 
reality and fantasy. It's looking to fill your order. So being specific on what we inform and what would make today great, by doing that, we are giving it information to go forth and make that happen even while we're not consciously working on it. That's why when you answer this, it's like you're scanning for what it is that you want. And one of the facts that's so interesting in science is that we are getting 11 million bits of information stimuli per second, but we can only process 40. So the 40 that we process are the 40 that we tell and direct our brain to look for. Therefore, this is why this question is so important to calming our inner state. We're not coming up on the fly. We're very specific and intentional, and we can see it is already done by answering this second question. We get comfortable with it and allow it to come in when that ideal greets us. The third part of my three-step process has to do with our being. It has to do with our identity. We know now from brain science that we are creating not based upon our specific actions and what we're doing, but who we're being, which comes way more in front or behind, if you will. It becomes before you step into action. Who are you being while you do what you do? Who do you have to be in order to do or to pull off what you said would make today great? If a calm interstate we now know can 10 times your impact, 10 times whatever it is that you're seeking to create, then maybe it's I am calm. It's an affirmation in essence. It's a daily affirmation that already informs your brain that you are actively operating from this quality or place of being, and therefore you show up to it. For example, if you uh, you know, have you you making your affirmation statement and you say, I am calm and confident and courageous today, or I'm calm, confident, courageous, committed, whatever it is, whatever way of being, whatever quality, what happens is that you show up in that way as you greet your day. This calm state, this information that I am calm, because I am is a powerful conductor, again, that creates and informs your brain that something's going on. It's a direction. It allows for you to maintain that inner calm and that state. Now, what happens when you fall out of it? One of the things I recently was away, and while this is part of my daily ritual, I was traveling and I had gotten out of it. Specifically, I dropped my daughter off at college and came back and hadn't been doing it while we were doing a bunch of things. And I noticed the day I returned, I was really upended. I was really not in an inner calm state. And I can feel it and I know it when it's happening. And it's very unsettling because then it feels to me very frenetic. And I got a call or returned a call from a gentleman that um, had called me while I was away. And he was very not calm. He was nervous. He had a stutter. He was in a, I could tell from his history, very challenged in, in many ways. And I realized in that moment that I needed instantly to come back to my inner calm. Like I can never serve. We, none of us can serve or operate at our best intellect or creativity when we're operating from a place outside of peace or calm. It just, it's known, it's brain science. Your job on a day-to-day basis is to get yourself back to inner calm at all times and to maintain it. So in that moment, 
What I did was I closed my eyes and I took a breath, which instantly, again, physiologically shifts our body and drops us into a different place and releases stress. And I said, return to center and return to my calm. And from that place, I could then access what needed to be given to be at my highest level of service. I can drop into that quite quickly because I've programmed myself to return to inner calm and make that my daily focus. One of the ways I look at this as a, in a physical way is I always see this, I look, think of it as like a softball size gold sphere that needs to be kept shiny all the time. It's 24 karat gold and it's, it's there. And my job is simply to make sure that it's in its peak condition, that it's at its calmest because I know when I'm calm that my best and greatest self shows up and presents to do whatever it needs to do in a way of service or in connection with others. We all know what it's like to be with an individual who has a great deal of inner calm. That's because it's just like a cold. It it rubs off on us. Things don't need to be even spoken or done when you're in these kind of people's presence. A couple of them, I think Maya Angelou is one of those. I had the opportunity to be with a shaman who that energy and level of calm was felt simply by being in his presence. We all know what it is. Our opportunity is to be and do that as well. That people can feel that calm and that it can rub off on them just as well as like um, your disturbing energy and your angry thoughts rub off on people like a, a bad cold. So too does your inner calm. And in a world with so much noise, and so much anxiety, and that's so loud, there is a lot to be learned about calming ourselves for greater levels of happiness and obviously impact. Here's the deal. It will feel different. It will not feel normal when you begin this process because it's not what you do, but we don't quit just because something doesn't feel good. That's when you know it's actually working. That's when you actually know that you're outside your comfort zone and you're not just returning to an old behavior. The key though is to be the kind of person who's not only calm, but that commits to calmness, commits to inner calm as a leader, as a person of influence, whether that's in your community, with those you are in your family relationships with, a lot of times, traditional leadership has suggested that those who are strongest, who control, who the others, you know, feel imposed or impressed by, that they are the, the, the best of leaders. That's a traditional model. Really, those who are most evolved and are growth minded, those are the ones who actually are mastering themselves as opposed to being mastering others. Lao Tzu says, he who conquers others is strong. He who conquers himself is mighty. Become a person who conquers himself or herself, who takes charge of the choice that you have every single morning to determine how your day will be based upon how calm and how much peace you give. This is the simplest and baseline of approaches to get yourself into that inner state of calm. You certainly can add on to it with a whole bunch of other habits and meditation, but I'm giving you the baseline. What I want to tell you is that I found, if you're interested in tracking this, this has to be written down on paper because that is another, there's another 
you know, brain science has shown us when there's a connection between our neurotransmitters and our neuropathways in our pen and paper and being able to visualize it, see it, feel it, that doesn't happen when we're just thinking it. So I encourage you to write this down. And what I have found is something that's called the five-minute journal. And I imagine that you can find it on Amazon. I have these and it's a good way of tracking. It actually is just has two questions at the end of the night if you want to continue it, which I find fabulous, which I won't go into here because again, I want to keep this super simple. But this is the closest thing that provides a place for you to write that's not too overbearing. That's very simple. It goes into some basic principles that you might enjoy in the very beginning as well. You can find this actually on, I think it's www.intelligentchange.com, or I'll make sure this gets into the show notes. And what I would also advise is that you rethink your level of commitment to your inner calm. In those spaces, you are better for everybody. Let's go over number one. The first is what I am grateful for. The second question is what would make today great? That sets your intentionality. And the third is who I am being today and completing that. Remember, it's like Muhammad Ali with the third one here. He said who he was, his, in essence, affirmation so many times that he eventually believed them. And when you believe and have conviction, you become something different. Things are not happening from the outside in telling us that we are now something. It is us that actually imposes ourselves and impresses ourselves on the situation. I know and hope at least that this is something that you will challenge yourself with this week. Take five days to commit to three questions and begin to see the habit that you can form. And like I said, I'll put how to get this little journal in your show notes. And I will look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 